0: This is Lady T for another excuse you moment. I have an idea and let me know if you're interested, but I wanted to do something that may not be the length of a podcast, but maybe a cute two, three, five minute segment that could be sort of like a power booster or like an aha moment. So I was thinking earlier about, you know, my son has a new car. Well, it's new to him. It's not. 20 20. but he bought him a new car for college he goes to college in Mississippi and we're in Georgia and he needed to be able to get back and forth and so um, you know we came together and said you know what he needs a vehicle and so we purchased him a vehicle and so today was the first time I drove I've driven it and I just began to think about you know the maintenance and things that's required for his vehicle and any vehicle for that matter and I began to think about the oil change process how that's so vitally important um, amongst all the other uh, routine checkups that need to be done the oil change is one of the most critical as well and I began to think about you know when you do an oil change and you pull out the I'm just call to dipstick because I don't know the name of it. And you check, you know, the level of the oil. Then you check if the oil is dirty, if it's black, as opposed to being a different color. And if it's thick and, you know, grimy, which lets us know that it's old. It's, you know, low. Sometimes it's below the, the measurement where it should be. And if it's really, really dark, that lets us know it hasn't been changed in a while. And all of these things compromise the integrity of the car come on it compromised the integrity and the optimal use I'm sorry the optimum use of the vehicle putting it in jeopardy of being damaged prematurely and I thought about that I was like you know what that is so apropos just like our lives as believers you know, the anointing that God gives us for a season or a time, we can we cannot keep using that same anointing. Come on, that anointing was for that season and that time if you went through let's say for example a major loss you know let's just use divorce for example people you may have a man or woman you know may have been divorced and for that season of your life you've gone through heartache rejection pain loneliness all the other feelings and um You know trauma that you experience as a result as a result god will grace and anoint you for that season of crushing to producing you some oil fit for your life and those of others but that anointing was for that season right so what we try to do we try to use an anointing that was designed for us for a season a time a period of our life we try to use that forever and it's old and um. It's not effective. We're running on something that's actually starting to damage us, damage how we move in the spirit, damage how we interact with other people. It becomes damaging to us. Then it starts, you know, smoking and it starts jeopardizing our spiritual health. So much so that how we should be running and how we should be walking and how we should be uh, ministering in the spirit how God should be using us, now it's stale, it's old, it's, it's just of no use. And then you wonder why, like what happened? You know, God used me so mightily then, that was then, this is now. Or well, here's another thing, we like, just like the oil in your car, it could be low and you still trying to run on that low anointing and it's not enough to sustain you. It's not enough to sustain this period in time that you are in. And then you wonder why you are, are buckling and falling and don't have the strength to stand. Instead of you understanding, I have to fill myself up again. God, I need another dose again. I need to lay of hands again. I need to fast again. I need to consecrate myself again. Come on, somebody. I need to get into your face and your presence because I need a fresh anointing for a fresh word for this fresh season because if I keep trying to go on what was before, then that's what happens. We wind up being in jeopardy of obtaining victory, in jeopardy of living out the fulfillment of our lives, in jeopardy of being effective. And so we have reduced our anointing and reduced, amen, how we move in this earth and how we impact the kingdom and the people that are in the kingdom and those that God have assigned to us and we have been assigned to. we have jeopardized that. We have jeopardized the resulting. Why? Because we're using a ten-year-old anointing for a right-now season, and we don't serve a God like that. We go from glory to glory. He's a progressive God. He's always growing. He talks about the tree and the pruning. That when it's not producing fruit, he cre- he begins to prune it. And so with our anointing, instead of us trying to go to God and ask for another filling and ask for some more um, a fresh anointing that we may be able to be smeared and saturated so we can be fit for his use, that we can become slippery in the hands of the enemy. But guess what? Part of that anointing is going to require some more crushing. But we don't like the crushing. We don't like the bruising. Listen, I get it. Nobody, And that's why he doesn't let us know what's going to happen because if we knew what was going to cause us to be broken, to be bruised, to be uh, whatever required of us to get the oil, we would run from it. Right? We would run from it. We would do everything we can to not to go that way. But we don't understand that these light afflictions that work it but for a moment, hallelujah, is working in us a far more exceeding and eternal weight and glory. So don't despise the oil change. The oil change is necessary. The oil change, amen, is what's going to keep you running. The oil change is going to allow everything in the machine inside of you to run, run well. You don't have to use up so much fuel. Come on. That's why you have to work so hard in the spirit and you labor in it. What what should take two or three minutes of prayer to be able to tap into the things of God? God, you got to Toil for 20 minutes because you're using old oil old oil it's not the devil you haven't changed your oil come on it's not the enemy it's not the people you haven't changed your oil And this is not a one and done. I'm not saying that there are not outside elements like the adversary. And there are times where people are low in spirit that may pull and drain on you. Even Jesus said that he couldn't perform any miracles because the people didn't believe. That's a separate podcast. You know, if this is you, what I'm talking about. You don't want to do what it needs, what it's required of you and what it's going to take. To get to that next level, and so you keep operating in old, and then there's no fruit. Come on. But I want to tell you today, just like we schedule time before, <clears throat> sorry, before we have to um, get inspections done for our cars and checkups and stuff. And guess what? When that check, uh, when when uh, the newer cars, they'll tell you the percentage of oil that you're at. You got 50% left. Come on. You got 30% left. Come on, then it says you got you down to 10%. Then the light starts coming on. You need an oil change. You need to be serviced. We get that same indication. We get that same indication. Check, check, all right. Check your oil. You're getting halfway through it. I just want you to know you're 30% now. All right. You're running on reserves. You need an oil change. But instead, we'll keep running on reserves. Messing up the car, causing all type of damage that's going to cost us more in the end if we just would have paid attention to the check oil light. We need to pay attention to the Holy Spirit when he's telling us to do what we need to do. Because he's trying to pour new oil in us. He's trying to keep the oil we have fresh. Come on, but instead we keep moving in our own ambition and our own flesh and our own might. And then we wonder why it's falling to the wayside and you could even discern those that are spiritual when something's manufactured. I'm not talking about emotional sensation I'm not talking about any of that And that may be a result But come on, those um, in the spirit can discern When something is truly sound Truly anointed Truly potent and concentrated And concentrated in God If the Lord would use you Others would bear witness Amen So get your oil change. Stop delaying it Stop putting it off stop buying cheap oil if your if you, your car requires synthetic oil and you gotta pay more pay more for it pay more for it if you know you the anointing on your life is requiring more you have an anointing for warfare or something that's gonna require a greater level of sacrifice and commitment you can't you can't short circuit that you can't take the way of you know doing a two two minute prayer you going to have to go into a season and time of fasting and praying because everybody's anointing and grace is different for different assignments. Doesn't mean anyone's more important or anyone's less important, but what we have to understand, I can't use your oil. Ha, I can't use your oil. We talked about, I think about the story with Saul when God had anointed him to be king. And when the anointing was on him anymore, we had problems. We had problems. You, listen. Don't you be fooled. And don't you be deceived. That the anointing of God. Will lift off your life. And you'll still be operating. And I'm not wondering. What happened. We do that you know. You know that the anointing ain't on you no more. You know that. You know. You don't feel that supernatural. Ability and power. You know. Yes, you do. You know it. So I want to uh, stress and admonish you today to get an oil change. It's necessary. We cannot go through this life with just having one oil change. We have got to get many. And guess what I love about God? He don't. Uh, you don't have to make an appointment. He's able to give me an all change, you an all change, you an all change, him an all change, her an all change, no matter where we are all at the same time. But we have to come to him. Say, Lord, this oil is old, it's stagnant, it's dirty. I need a new one. Not for me. Not that my name would be in lights. Not that anybody would, you know, make think I'm a wonder. Not that I would get 20 million likes on social media platforms. Not that I can be validated, but that you would get the glory. That your name would be glorified. That whenever and wherever you use me, I understand and I know that it was unto your glory, not mine, and that ultimately lives are changed. Lives are changed. So this is Lady T for another excuse you moment. Um, just admonishing you get your oil changed. Bye bye for now. I'll talk to you later. Hello, hello, hello everyone. Thank you again for joining me for another excuse you moment podcast with Lady T. I'm so glad to have you with me today. And I want to share something with you that blessed and inspired me. And, um, It actually is a motivator and I think it is very apropos to the time that we are in I'm going to talk about sleep versus rest sleep versus rest I saw something um, on IG and I want to share it with you a quote and it reads how are you doing I'm fine and then terrible and then crying and then laughing, and then screaming, and then grateful, and then over it, and then determined, and then terrified, and then anxious, and then happy, and then exhausted, all in the same minute. How many of you can identify with that sentiment that was by uh, Dave Del Porto Diva Del Porto that kind of sums up the state of mind I would say our society is in now and we were trying to get back to some sense of normalcy and I don't like that term because getting back to what is what is the new normal right? This is not the new normal. I don't receive that this is the new normal. Because to receive that this is the new normal would mean that we have not overcome. This new normal I don't receive, it's going to be everyday threats of life, everyday living with disease, Every day living in uncertainty. Every day being challenged and fought for our peace. My God does not tell me this is the new normal. And because we are all battling emotions from second to second, minute to minute, we really, and I'm saying we because I want to include myself here, are not really experiencing rest. Yeah, we lie down and at different times of the day, we all go to sleep. Some people are um, circadian, their body's circadian rhythm is, I believe, in sync or on schedule, right? What is our circadian rhythm? It's an internal clock that tells us when to lie down and when to get up. And a lot of times that's compromised because we don't get enough light in the day. Our daily habits usually affect, and I would say negatively, if you're a person that struggles with sleep at night, you will find out that your circadian rhythm is off. What do I mean? That you don't have a daily habit of how you maneuver and move throughout your day. Like if you're getting up and going to bed very sporadically, like you have no set time to go to bed, no set time to get up, or anything throughout that day is thrown off and your mind is constantly in a perpetual state of anxious and being anxious or trying to um, take matters into your own hand, being controlling in a sense of, You know, not knowing what's happening from one minute to the next. And so, therefore, we usually try to manipulate things in our life. Even well-intentioned, we try to manipulate things in our life to work in our favor. Because we want a, a good outcome. But here's the challenge. All of that takes so much energy. Mental, emotional. And it's manifested physically. That when you lie down at night... It is so hard for you to really rest. Yeah, you close your eyes and you may even get a couple of hours in, but you don't wake up rested. You wake up and some people feel like they've been hit by a Mack truck. Some people wake up worse than they lie down. And that is definitely not the will of the Father for our lives. He comes to give us rest. And I don't just mean sleep rest, but rest in regards to peace, rest in knowing that he is in control, rest in knowing that he is truly the offer and finisher of our faith, rest in meaning that I can take confidence in knowing that he Knows my end from my beginning, and no matter what I'm going through, no matter what's going on outside of me, when I lie down and my head hits the pillow, I have subscribed to the will of God that you are giving me peace that will blanket, that will saturate, that will transition me into a place that I've not known before. Not only in my body, but in my mind. My spirit will come to a place of ceasing from troubling, from ceasing from worrying. I have submitted my thoughts and my will, my very existence to a place of safety where I'm anchored in God, where I'm anchored in God, that he is leading me beside still waters. Yes, while I'm sleeping. Yes, my body is repaying itself. The cells are being regenerated. My thoughts, amen, are being uh, renewed, And when we lie down in the rest of God, all of the fighting, all of the toiling, all of the seems like endless and mindless attempts to make things better come to a halt. Because every day we lie down, we're saying, God, I trust you for this night. I trust you. That I've done all I could in this day, whether good or bad, whether it was 100% or 2%. I've done it. It's over. Now pour back into me so that when I get back up, I'm getting up in you. I'm getting up with new strength, new vigor, new hope, new dreams because it's another day. Do you understand that everything happens in a day? There's one day. You you were born in a day. You will die one day. You make decisions to change in a day. Doesn't mean you change everything, but you make a decision to change in a day. There's one day that you actually fall in love. So that lets me know that in one day, things can change. Things change in a day. So while you people, I hear people confess like, oh, I have a problem sleeping and I never get rest. And, you know, my husband, he's one that really doesn't sleep well. And, you know, I know others who just really don't sleep well. And it's no reflection on your um, love for God or or a lack thereof. It is more uh, a reflection of how much you trust him. Yeah, yeah. Because the worry, the fear, the not knowing, the unpredictability of tomorrow keeps us up. And as pastors and as parents and as head of households and those that are uh, leaders um, in any capacity, business owners, government officials, those that are nurses or doctors in ministry of helps, people that love people, you, if you're not careful, the enemy would rob you of the rest that you need to function. Because he knows if I will rob you of your rest, that I can affect your body. And a lot of times, absent of how we eat, how we sleep, and how we rest is a, plays a large factor in our overall health. We underestimate rest. And we say, I, you know, at some point we all go to sleep just because our body can't stay up for such a long and extended period of time without any um, aids, right? And even though some people feel like they can't sleep, they can't sleep. I don't care if you fall asleep three o'clock in the morning and sleep till five. At some point, your body does sleep. But that does not mean that you get rest. We all need rest, y'all. We all need to be at a place where we are quieted, where God can do his best work, where we cease from speaking. And not just audibly, but we cease from speaking in our mind. That we shut it off and shut it down, even in our dreams, that God will be able to speak to us and give us clarity. You know, there was a season in my life that I think I didn't even dream. I think I just lied down. And I didn't understand that. Like, why am I not dreaming? You're supposed to dream every night. Not necessarily. You can be in a state of just pure nothingness. But we don't really know what that means because we're always thinking that we have to constantly be, our mind has to constantly be reasoning, constantly be on alert, constantly in a pace of thinking, always, always thinking. That's not healthy. It's not healthy. Jesus, God gives us an example in His Word that He worked six days and even He took a Sabbath. I believe COVID 19 is, is God's way, even in the, the midst of what the enemy's trying to do and things that, you know, God's causing us to go in and shut the door to so this indignation has passed. He's also giving this whole world a Sabbath, these months that we have taken a break, these months that we have just ceased from doing, it is giving our air system, our water systems, it's giving the life forms rest. And some states have, you know, picked back up the level of activity, but for those first three months, from March to May, oh my God, we didn't even know what to do with ourselves. But nature in heaven was rejoicing because we wasn't taxing it, we weren't abusing it, we weren't over um, just just sapping it and so in the natural, so in the spirit, we have overutilized and oversapped our bodies to the place that we have been broken down that when it's a time for us to really rest we can't even do it properly without some outside aid and not just subscribe to the fact that if he is our shepherd our great shepherd the Lord is My shepherd, we recite Psalm 23, sometimes religiously. And I had a pastor who once said, you know, sometimes we read the Bible too fast. We're so quick to, you know, just read it because, again, our minds are just going. Right. We've, we've done all type of studies. I don't know if you've participated in one where it teaches you how to speed read. Right. We're always trying to get the most bang for our buck or our time. Not realizing that slow and steady. Amen. Is really a blessing. But I just want to revisit just for a little bit. Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. He is not. He will be. Not maybe or he shall. The Lord is my shepherd. He belongs to me. I belong to him. I don't have a a mistaken identity. But I am his and he is mine. But what is he in this context? He's my shepherd. My protector. The one that... Leads me, provides for me, nourishes me, keeps me. And that sometimes he has to shear me. He beat backs the wolves and the adversary and the prey that come to eat of my flesh. The Lord is my shepherd. That alone will give you rest at night. Do you believe that he is your shepherd? Because if you believe that, the B clause of that is I Shall not want. Hallelujah. That's the sila moment. That's the moment where you pause and just marinate on that. And I shall not want, doesn't just mean food or provision or your needs being met. But what is it that you're wanting? Is it joy? Is it peace? Is it contentment? What is it that you want? We limit that and we just define it as provider, Jehovah Jireh. But he's your shepherd that you shall not want for anything. Whether you got low self esteem, you shall not want to be accepted. You shall not want. What are you wanting? bless my soul this scripture this morning. What is it that you're wanting? Harmony, unity. What is it that you're wanting? Rest for your soul. See, we sleep, but we don't rest. But the father, the good shepherd, the great shepherd, he wants us to not want. And if you really take time of